Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we talk about our first week in Faction versus Faction, share some updates from Artcraft on the forums, and highlight a recent war story. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. So I'm just going to ask you, first off, did you play a lot of Crowfall this last week? I have played a lot of Crowfall. With the rollout of the, the faction versus faction, and, you know, as you know, it was something that I've been really looking forward to. And I have not been disappointed. The... Our Earth Alliance has been doing pretty well, and early on we were able to secure some keeps in Volrath, which is the first you know zone outside of the, the portal there from the temple. Well, so real quick, I want to jump in here, Anya. So A, I have not played any Crowfall this week. I've been out of town the whole week, so I will be able to contribute zero to how it went. <laughs> <laughs> but I also will say... What server were you playing on? Like, how many faction versus faction servers are there? Like, I literally haven't been able to log in because I've been gone. Yeah, there's there's a good handful. We're on the U.S. East immersion server. And there's, like, you know, West and Europe and the main groupings there. But The reason I wanted to highlight that is because, at least in the dregs from the last cycle of campaigns, the, the, the first round of dregs, the, the zone names were different from U.S. West to U.S. East. So assuming that that might be true here as well, I just wanted to highlight what server we're talking about as well because the zone names could be different per server. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I haven't logged into other faction versus faction servers, so yeah, that very uh, very well maybe. Yeah, in the dreg, we had started on US, one, U.S. West 1, and I had hit, and the, the two zones you could go to out of the Earth Temple there were called Buck and Cardum. But then when I went to the U.S. East server, whenever we played that night and took the, the Ford over to get our points <laughs> for the, the end of the drag, the zone names were different. And so I was confused at first because I assumed that it was the same copy, you know what I mean, instant for uh -huh. each instance. But apparently that may not be the case every time. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm still like getting my bearings on, on navigating the map and every every time it's it's like when I'm trying to go somewhere specific, it's like I got to look at the map, go a few different ways, make sure I'm going in the right direction all the time. Mm -hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's learning experience. We're getting there, we're getting there. Well, so, yeah, you were talking about you and I totally interrupted you. You started to, to kind of talk about, I think, some faction versus faction uh, experiences that you've had over this last week. So by all means, go ahead. Yeah, you know, we were able to secure a few keeps there in Valrath. Uh, so basically controlling that first zone, which was really good because we were able to upgrade the keep and, you know, run supplies and different things to enhance the upgrades. So it's actually really, really beneficial for crafting, being able to craft, you know, with those buffs so it seems like if you, you know, wanted to make some really good equipment, being able to go to the keep, bring all of those resources that you harvest from the map into the keep, make some stuff real, real quick, 
and uh, take advantage of those buffs is really beneficial. So we were able to play around with that earlier on in the week. I see. Yeah, I, I was looking at the patch notes, and it looked like the the level cap for mobs was 29 to like 33, or the level range, I guess I should say, which, if I'm not mistaken, that's pretty close to what Skypoint is. So is is, it, is that kind of the resource, the resources you're, you're seeing? Are they the same as they are in Skypoint, or are they better than, than what you see in Skypoint? Oh, I mean, they're they're better than Skypoint. I mean, it's probably not as consistently higher than like Dregs. It's kind of like an in between. The thing, the difference is, is that you're going to lose all uh, all your gold on death, and it seems to half your inventory. So if you got like a huge stack of resources, you're probably going to lose about half of that. Well, now that could be, I don't know if you've noticed in the, in the, in the crafting or the gathering disciplines, they have a 50% retention rate on death for whatever that is. So if you have wood, uh, what is it? Uh, it's not woodworking. That's the, the crafting one. Oh yeah. Whatever yeah. the one is to gather wood. <laughs> logging. <laughs> Thank you. Logging. <laughs> I've been gone for a week. Um hey. <laughs> but no, so if you have if you have like the logging discipline slotted, and I don't know if it starts at, if it's in the white version or just the green version or, or where it begins, but somewhere in there, one of the benefits of it is that you retain fifty percent of the resources of that, you know, whatever craft that is on death. Yeah, that's right. I, I just have those equipped, so yeah, it's just uh, by default that's what I was noticing. But you probably want to have at least a purple gathering, you know, so you can use the advanced tools. There seems to be like you're not getting uh, the rune drops without the advanced tools out there and stuff. Mm. And what about, so what's it been like, you know, so the the night before I left town for the week, I went and played in Skypoint. I was like, I'm just going to go farm and see what's what. And I played for about an hour by myself and I think I got ganked six different times in that hour, which was on the one hand expected because it's a PVP game. You know, what else are we doing? On the other hand, was a tad frustrating to, to die that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in the faction versus faction, are, are you, are you seeing a lot of fights like that happen? Was, is there a lot of ganking going on still, or were people able to gather with a little more peace of mind or what do you see in there? Well, uh, with us uh, controlling that zone, it definitely helped with making it less stressful. Because mm. we kind of just had groups roaming around, you know, running resources to the keep and stuff. So if there were something going on where people were getting ganked, it was usually answered with fairly quickly. But, I mean, it was still definitely a possibility i mean i was out gathering some stuff with some people and you know we were fine for close to an hour and then all of a sudden we see a few a few reds and we're like ah that's only like two we just kill them real quick but of course they were attached to a bigger group that just happened to be like around the hill Mm. (laughs) so we we ended up dying but we were still able to retain some of the really valuable minerals so it wasn't like too bad or anything 
Well, so you mentioned that you lose all gold, and uh, and then again, you know, with the crafting disciplines, you're only dropping half those. But otherwise, are you losing the rest of your inventory? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much, as far as I can okay. tell. I I didn't have very much in the inventory, and right. uh, we were kind of passing the minerals to a specific person. Mm. Um, but yeah, in in my one gathering death out there, I pretty much lost just about everything. Okay, so it's just like Drex then, as far as the the what you lose on death, which is what I thought it was supposed to be. Um, yeah. So that yeah. makes sense then. But last night was pretty, pretty awesome. We uh, went on the offensive. The keeps that we owned were not up for siege. And so there were two enemy keeps that came available to siege, one from sun and one from moon. And on our server, we haven't really been getting a lot of resistance as far as like big fights. So Moon, it was in last place and we were kind of talking about how much, how much leeway to give a losing faction. Cause it's like, well, I mean, yeah, we can go there and just take their keep and they're probably not going to be very much people there. They're already in last place, not getting very many points. Sun was in second place, had the most points. They actually had more outposts than we did. So it was decided that we would go for Sun first and expecting a, a, a bigger fight. I was like, well, well, we'll go there first and then maybe let Moon keep their keep for, <laughs> for another night or something. But uh, we ended up taking everything, actually, is how it turned out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's good. I mean, I, I don't know. I can understand the the idea of not, you know, when we were out PvPing a couple of weeks ago, I remember there was a conversation about not bullying individuals. You know, like if we see a player and we kill them, not trying to camp them, if you will. Yeah. And yeah. I can... I can I can kind of understand that, um, but it's a game that is almost exclusively about resources, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it, it it doesn't logically make sense that you would just let someone have your resources to be nice, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but I do under I do I do think that there's there's a line when it comes to individuals, certainly where griefing becomes a thing and. And, you know, hey, I don't think it should be banned by the game or, or the players should not be allowed to do it. But I can see there's a line where it's like, A, how much fun is it really and for, for the person doing the ganking? And B, it's definitely not fun for the person being ganked. And to your point, we're all playing a game together. And if you make it so that it's just not fun for people to play and they quit, then was that really the upside? At the same time, though, I also I, I, I think that it's a problem, especially in faction versus faction, that the devs are going to have to to be creative and innovative. And I don't know what the answer is, but to try and solve that, you know, in Dark Age of Camelot, it was if you rolled on a certain faction that was underpopulated, you got bonuses to mm-hmm. XP or whatever. Now, if they were going to do that, they would need to lock people into factions so people can't be hopping back and forth, which I don't know if that's how it works or not. But yeah. it would need to be, you could only choose once per campaign, basically. But I think that 
I think that it's a problem they need to solve simply because, especially in a faction scenario where there is no hierarchy of power, right? There is no leader. It's just impossible ultimately to to make everyone play nice, if you will. (laughs) And so, well, and so it's just going to be a problem that will continue to surface. And I think that there needs to be some intervention. Again, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if bonuses is the right way or not, but there needs to be some way for them to help solve that so that the players can just play and not worry about if they're hurting people's feelings by playing the game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't know exactly what it looks like either. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to it, but it's like from a faction standpoint, well, what are we going to do? Are we just going to say, well, Moon, if you want to take a keep, we'll just abandon the defense and you can have it. Or you can expect success at these hours, <laughs> you know. And when it's all based around resources, it's like, well, we're kind of just gathering all the resources to progress for our team. And that potentially allows us to perform better in other campaigns as well. It does. I think that I think though that something that's different about this than any other faction versus faction game is that in all the other faction games, whether it be WoW, you know, Horde and Alliance, or Dark Age of Camelot with the three different, you know, Hib and Mid and Alb, and I'm sure there are others, it's tied to the creation of your character. Mm-hmm. So and in some cases it was like you're locked into that faction for that server at least. Yeah. But in those games, everything is way more permanent. And so in this, the Earth faction might be super OP this time, but this is over in a few more weeks. And then it restarts again. And now that's not really the case in the same way. Right, Um, right. Yeah, it has a potential to change. Bonuses could could work. Locking people in. I mean, I think that could work. Um, I tend to have... I'm still getting used to the tokens and importing and I've definitely made some mistakes as far as importing things and then be like, Oh, I actually just need that back or, you know, so I've pulled the character out and put him back in a few times. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't mean that the character can't leave when I say lock, I mean, locked into your faction decision. So if you start, when you join the shadow and you are your earth campaign, you Mm -hmm. can never, undo that change for the duration of that specific campaign i see Um, yeah so that so that people aren't incentivized to be hopping back and forth to try and game you know (laughs) some resource bonus thing or or whatever the case may be yeah there's Uh, also um the idea though that being able to allow for changes in guild changes in faction simply to allow betrayal if like you want to play up the politics of it and really make it like a throne simulator, it's like you kind of have to allow for the switching of sides. Even like you know paying paying somebody a certain amount to just like come to your side for a campaign or a day or however that may work. Yeah, no, I totally agree that 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 from a player standpoint that that makes a ton of sense. I'm just, I guess my thought is like, if, if they were to incentivize it somehow that like, Hey, moon's underpowered. So we want more people on moon. Mm -hmm. Well, now if you have a bunch of people switch from earth over to moon, 
they play there for a few days until the devs say, Hey, it's balanced again. So now we're going to, we're going to do away with those incentives because the populations are more equal. Yeah. And then now they go back to earth and, you know, you don't want to create a scenario where people are incentivized to switch to take advantage of incentives either. And maybe right. the incentives don't come down. And so none of that makes sense. I don't know, mm. but it's, yeah, it's definitely a tricky thing. And I think that, I mean, it's <laughs> to some extent it's where as, as hard as it is, it's where guild versus guild kind of solves some of those problems um, because guild versus guild, you do have a, a centralized leadership. You do have more, structure in what the groups are doing and now if people leave there it, it's a lot more i guess personal to that circumstance because it's not this overriding faction right right, right. there's there, there can be infinite choices like you could have a large guild that could split in half and now there's two medium-sized guilds but if you leave earth faction you can only go to sun or moon or whatever you know combination of that you want to put out there right um, right but yeah, yeah, it's an interesting, definitely an interesting problem uh, to solve and, and one that I'm interested to see <laughs> how it shakes out as time goes on, uh, the unbalanced factions situation. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty eventful, though. I mean, uh, as far as what we did last night, we had, you know, of course, our, our main army um, getting ready to siege the Sun Keep, and so... We left a small garrison at our keeps that we already owned and went and took the sun keep, had some really nice siege equipment, and were able to get through there pretty easily. And, you know, since there wasn't really any resistance, we went ahead and transitioned to the moon keep as well and and took that over. Our guild actually got some specific duties as far as like guarding the siege equipment. There was at one point where we were tasked with securing Fort Rodrigo, which the reason that's important is because it was actually the only fort that produced lumber. Mm. And we needed the lumber to upgrade the keeps that we had just taken. So our guild broke off and secured the fort and started stacking the wood, you know, getting a bunch ready for the keep. And then we sent a, a group onto the keep with uh, the wood. And uh, my group uh, stayed around and <laughs> guarded the fort for the last, like, 15, 20 minutes of the timer, hoping that uh, we could hold it. And Sun actually did show up with about 10 minutes left. Uh, they had like two or three groups to mine like three or four people. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it was a pretty quick slaughter. But we were able to, of course, alert the main force and we were able to recapture it with a minute left. And Oh, you know, nice. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was crazy because that time we're waiting around stacking lumber. I mean, we're not really doing much. We're just kind of hanging out at the fort. Mm-hmm. But um, it it was like... I don't know, the most fun watch duty I've had. (laughs) Yeah, well, it paid off, right? Because, you know, while it's boring in the end, they really do show up and you really are there to alert the other people and and then you're able to recapture it. Whereas if you guys aren't there, maybe they see it on the map, but maybe they don't notice. And if you got it, I mean, if there's only a minute relating 
remaining whenever you finally do retake it, again, a minute more of delayed response would have equaled you don't get to recapture it in time. So yeah, it yeah, actually absolutely. was valuable that you guys were, were on the watch. Yeah, we are able to relay that info uh, just in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm definitely excited this week to jump into the faction versus faction and, and see what it's all about. I'm not sure, honestly. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking about maybe trying a different character again. Mm. I've oh. I've tried four different classes so far, and I like them all okay. But I don't know. So far, I've played a ranger, a druid, an alpha warrior, and an assassin. Now, the alpha warrior I've played very little. Uh-huh. I mean, it's level 30, but I haven't actually done a lot with it. Mm-hmm. And and all of the characters all have terrible gear. So <laughs> I also may not actually be getting a good sense of what it's like because I'm in trash gear. And so it's like, this isn't very much fun. And it's like, well, that's because you, it sucks. So, <laughs> uh, so that may be what I'm running up against. But yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. But I, I love the ability to create characters. I love the ability to have them at least at you know, max level, quote unquote, 30, the soft cap very, very quickly. And, and yeah, just the freedom to experiment with things and try things. Yeah. uh, I mean, it was definitely something I've been thinking about too, because early on when we started and, you know, made the guild and everything and we're ramping up stuff, there was just a lot of stuff going on. So I wasn't experimenting with like, other races and classes. I just had the one character for the longest time, Uh but I've kind of looked back at the races and really there's, there's quite a few combinations that you could look at that seem to be good for at least gathering resources, like having a half giant that's good at logging in stone or a minotaur for skinning half elf for mining, something like that would at least allow you to have a foundation for getting resources and maybe uh, being able to craft more. Cause there's, you know, the wood elf is good at woodworking. So there are certain classes that could enhance the gathering and crafting and the experimentation for, for gear, even though you may not go straight to legendary or something, it would allow you to have common green, blue or something like that uh, equipment, maybe a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that sounds like a, a good time. Did you have anything else in the faction versus faction experiences you wanted to share? No mercy for spies. <laughs> you just said you want people to be able to betray and pay each other off, and then now it's no mercy for spies. Which is, oh, well, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, we want to go there, we want to go there. No, I'm just playing. Uh, it's all fun. Um, I kind of expected some kind of shenanigans to to happen and it it is what it is people want to find uh the information and and see what's beneficial and i don't know i i don't know how beneficial being a spy could be simply because like siege timers and stuff are kind of just public right you know i guess if you wanted to know exactly which direction they would be going first or something but I don't know. I mean, it, it's a lot of time to invest just to see some chat logs. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I don't know how much the spying 
would be of value either, given that that there are, like you said, just published scheduled siege windows available, and so beyond that, you know, I, you could you could be spying on gang groups or something. But as far as the actual territory fighting, yeah, there's there's got to be there's not that there's only a set time that people can be there. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to highlight a few things that I had seen, even though I haven't been able to play much. I was able to, to still peruse the forums. And so I was just going to highlight a few things I had seen there. One thing that I actually already take, have taken advantage of is the Crowfall Refer-A-Friend program. Recruits can use any anyone who has an account already. You can recruit a friend that ha- using your Crow link, uh, which is just your account name, basically, when they register a new account and they receive 10 days of full game access and 25% off any purchase uh, of a game pack. So it's, it's a cool way to get people to be able to check the game out without having to pay for it right away. And then they also get a discount if they do end up buying something. Uh, and yeah, I had a couple of friends that tried it. I think maybe the, a couple of days after that became available. So I think that's a really good thing for, for this game to have to get people access to it without having to, to put money down right away if they're not sure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. For sure. And then and then kind of piggybacking off of that, the August 3rd Founders Update highlights there there there's obviously it's a large post so I won't, you know, read it or something, but just some highlights from it. They're tweaking reward structures constantly and 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 looking at reward structures for Dreg, looking at reward structures for the Shadow. And they really just kind of talked about that they're going to constantly evaluate rewards and and utilize both data and feedback from players to make adjustments and they just emphasize that this is a new game and things will change over time. And because of the campaign system, they have an ability to iterate. Maybe a change isn't implemented in a currently existing campaign, but again, a month later there's a new one and, and now those changes can be there. So I think it's really interesting to see that. And certainly I don't mean to, to go into great detail about our own guild or anything, but in our own guild, I mean, obviously learning the game is a whole thing, but also just learning how to organize people and how to, how to get people working together and how to, how to deal with just different situations that pop up. That's something that you and I have talked a lot about is just, it's all new and we're kind of learning as we go. And I think that the developer is very much in that state as well. Cause I mean, the game is barely a month old and I just, I appreciated seeing that candidness from them. Mm-hmm. That, that I mean, vulnerability seems like too strong of a word because we're talking about some patch notes, but, <laughs> but really to say, hey, we don't know that we have every answer, but we're committed to getting yeah. it right over time. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, I mean, I know they, they haven't really marketed it to the, the mass public yet either. And so taking that time and, and understanding that, you know, it's not going to be perfect. We're going to have to make changes. I mean, anyone that's played an MMO for any amount of time, even with when PvP is involved, it's like there's constant class rebalancing and changing of abilities and how they how they work. Because with this many classes and ways of playing, you don't really know all the possibilities and how certain abilities can affect things. So things become obviously overpowered or underpowered and once player bases understand that they tend to take advantage of the overpoweredness so the balancing are coming 
there was someone in the guild that was kind of you know upset about the uh, assassin changes or something like that and mm-hmm. it's like man you know don't even worry about that the ex- <laughs> the assassin can be different probably next month it, it might even get more changes later on <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? absolutely well like one one example of of a thing that i saw that they changed was in going forward in the dreg to get uh conquest rewards the the threshold last time was you had to be in the top 60 percent well, now, assuming that's true as well, there's also a minimum conquest point threshold. So you have to be at like at least 100 conquest points to even qualify to be in that top 60%. So I thought that was interesting because it's it's kind of disincentivizing someone from jumping in and getting a couple of points and then leaving and they're not really participating in it. But yeah. because of the volume of guilds, they end up being in the top 60%. And it's like, well, they didn't really contribute to the story of this campaign. So does it really make sense for them to be rewarded like they are? Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a, like an influx of one man guilds uh, Mm -hmm. trying to gank easy points, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yep. And then, yeah. So then again, kind of segueing into what you were just talking about. uh, I also just wanted to shout out the on eight two they had a forum post uh, the patch notes now there's been a few subsequent ones since then that are just little minor changes but in that patch notes it's a massive list of, of changes I will not read <laughs> through all of that uh, we'll have links in the show notes for the refer friend program this founders update that I was talking about and these patch notes so if you haven't seen them you can go check them out there on the forums but just some highlights like you mentioned very significant changes for both the assassin and the duelist. I don't know enough about either to speak to the specific changes and what that means for the rest of the game, uh, but it's definitely very, very significant list. They've got fixes and quality of life improvements for the Eternal Kingdom. Just across the board, lots of new animations, bug fixes, changes to values of abilities for, for both classes and racial abilities. I noticed that they had increased the campaign campaign siege zone cap to 250 players and introduce some new elemental pc npcs and then yeah just like i said a lot of bug fixes and updates just through really every area of the game uh, again very very comprehensive list but you know anyone that's interested definitely go check it out had you noticed was there anything that stood out to you because again i haven't actually played since the patch have was there anything that you noticed like oh that's that's different yeah there was a few uh gathering animations mm. that i noticed that that i liked there was i think like a mining animation for of the wood elf that i was like Man, <laughs> that looks kind of weird but <laughs> it, it's uh it's better now so nice. I was like, oh that's cool <laughs> well then finally i wanted to highlight the second post live war story uh, maybe eventually there'll be enough war stories that it won't make sense for me to keep count of them but for now this is the second post live war story uh, this one is called Saturday Night Fever, and it's posted by Communist Puppy. Uh, again, it's on the, the Crowfall forums, and I'll, I'll have a link to that in the show notes directly as well. Um, but just to give you a quick summary of it, on the Saturday, on the last Saturday before the Immerlin, which was the U.S. West campaign ended, Dissentient formed up looking to go out and fight any groups they could find, no matter the size. Uh, they ended up wiping a couple of Valeria, which is another guild farming groups, and so then the Valeria Guild formed up to try and push them out of the zone. And and yeah, they've got a YouTube video that's a it's only about four minutes long. So again, not a huge time investment. 
but it's a, a, a pretty entertaining video of just pretty big scale PVP happening from the perspective of a frost weaver. So definitely recommend that people go check that out. Uh, again, we'll have a link to that. And then we'll also have a link to communist puppies, Twitter and Twitch as communist puppy is a streamer as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of neat to see. There's not the same commentary that we saw in the last war story over the video kind of explaining it, but it's also the last war story yeah. was like, a you know, they're, they're blowing up that bell tower or whatever it's called in the keep. In this case, it's it's like open world field <laughs> in the field fighting, and yeah, there's a lot <laughs> there's there's a lot going on, uh, but it does kind of make me want to try out a frost reaper. So, <laughs> is uh is communist puppy was that the guild or the character? No, that's the that's the player. Okay, you know, yeah, dissentient is the uh, is the guild. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll again we'll have links in the show notes for all that stuff as well. That was about all I had today, though, especially with my limited <laughs> exposure to the game over this last week. Anything else you wanted to cover? I'm just uh, excited to get back in and play some more. Well, that's all for the show today. Again, you can find a link in the show notes for the various forum posts and the war story, as well as Communist Puppies' Twitter and Twitch. Also ask that you follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. Again, this is Walker. You can check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests. Or my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley and is about why gaming matters. Thanks again for the listen. Have a great week.